We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders, Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets, and Odell Beckham Jr. is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, though, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using MyBookie.com slash BlueWire to sign up this year. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. So all you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game, and they've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE when when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, and get paid. Hey, this is Cash Considerations. What's going on, Jason? Uh, good to have you back, Ricky. We, uh, I missed you last week. We did have Mark Karen Sulis from Bulls HQ kind of filling in for you. It was great. We talked about a bunch of stuff. We talked about the schedule. Rick, how's it, how's it feel to be back? Uh, it's the uh, middle of August. Don't have too much going on these days in the, in the NBA. Although I know we've been keeping busy doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, no, I just looked it up. The Bulls have 48 days until their first preseason game on October 7th, and there are 64 games until October 23rd when they open the year up against the Charlotte Hornets. So uh, this is kind of the dead period of the calendar. I was on a fishing trip last weekend. I was in Sturgeon Bay uh, in Door County just yanking smallmouth bass out of the water. I also was spending some time in Iowa helping my girlfriend move into law school there, so uh, I feel like I've gotten a little bit away from the grind of the NBA, but it's coming, and we actually have some optimism to talk about this year. We can start with the one thing that caught my eye over this last week, and that was the NBA Rookie Survey. Always makes headlines every single season. I remember last year, I think Luka Doncic finished like sixth or something in the player voting in terms of uh, who would win Rookie of the Year. Well... They did it again this season, and Kobe White actually got quite a bit of praise. I know you wrote about it today at Blockable. I did. Uh, before we talk about Kobe White, you talked about optimism in the Bulls. Kobe White's kind of part of that, hopefully. We talked about maybe betting on the Bulls at some point, betting on that over. Again, shout-out to my bookie. 
mybookie.com and Blue Wire. We're partnering with them, doing some good stuff. So please check out them again. But and 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 also, like I said, with the Bulls, I'm I'm saying hammer that over. Not necessarily because of Kobe White this year, maybe going into the future. But yes, NBA Rookie Survey is a thing that John Schumann. NBA.com does annually every single year. Uh, he's done it for the last, basically, I think he said 11 out of the last 13 years. Uh, he, he polls a bunch of the rookies. Uh, I think he got 42 of them this year. And Kobe White actually showed up in five categories. He got at least one vote. And that was tied for the most categories to, for any rookie to get at least one vote with with only, I think Carson Edwards was the other one. So, yeah, Kobe White, five categories, got votes. Um, let me pull up. The article I wrote about it at Bloggable, like you said. So Rookie of the Year, no, uh, the, uh, Zion Williamson naturally got the most votes for that, although it was only 35%. wasn't quite as many uh, as I thought he would. John Morant was in, at 27%. White got one vote for Rookie of the Year, which I think I, I mean, I think that kind of makes sense. Uh, I, I've, I've said before that I, I kind of – I think he's going to struggle a bit this his rookie season. Uh, I do I, – I have some faith in him maybe coming along as the season goes on, but I think to start his rookie year – and we've talked about how Tomas Edernsi is probably going to start a point guard. We maybe Ryan Archidiakono or I mean, well, Chris Dunn is still here for now. Maybe he's getting more minutes. We'll see how much Chris Dunn, or how much Kobe White actually plays at the start. Because I don't think he's going to be able to rack up the numbers to really get a rookie of the year uh, to be in serious consideration for that award. But he's somebody still voted for him. I know the like the, with uh, with this voting, uh, you couldn't vote for yourself, and I think you couldn't vote for college teammates. Uh, and then, the, like, you couldn't uh, vote for if you were on somebody with – you're an NBA teammate, e- teammate either. Somebody else picked Kobe White. Maybe it was – I guess Cam Johnson couldn't. See, that's a college teammate. But somebody who's liking Kobe White for Rookie of the Year, what do, you, do you think he has any chance to come anywhere close to that award? No, probably not, and that's okay. But what I do think is cool is that the players around the league really seem to respect Kobe's game because uh, this was, you know, voted on by his peers. So they could have said anyone – and it seems like, you know, the other guys in this class who have grown up playing against Kobe and AAU, who saw him at North Carolina, all seem to have a lot of confidence in his game, which is awesome. Now, I don't know how much stock we can put into this, considering Cam Reddish got 19% of the vote, more than any rookie, in terms of who's going to have the best career. Zion, like you said, tied with Kobe in that, with 5%. So that's just totally insane. I really don't think there's a 5% chance. Kobe White's going to have the best career uh, of anyone in this class. I suppose it could happen if Zion gets injured or something terrible like that, but uh, it is nice to see Kobe getting some love from his peers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I guess like 5% chance, like in like a vacuum, sure, like whatever. The fact that he's like tied with Zion is absolutely wild, and the Cam Reddish love here is, I, 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 I just don't get it. Like, I know we've been critical about him before, and like I said, Zion was only down at five. So guys, uh, John Morant got ahead of him. DeAndre Hunter got ahead of Zion as well. Uh, R.J. Barrett and Jackson Hayes both also had five percent. Like, I, I, I just don't really guys know what they're thinking. I guess like we're just so high on Zion, we just assume that he's gonna have the best career out of all these guys. Just a perennial All Star, possible yeah. future Hall of Famer. So like, I, I don't know what these guys are thinking here. Maybe they're just kind of going against the grain. Maybe they're sick of Zion getting all this hype. I don't, I don't know what was going on there. I just want to say that Kobe White is just such a joy in general. Like, the rookie photo shoot he did of him basically playing in a ball pit that you would see in the McDonald's play section when you were a kid. So good. He is just such, like, an infectious smile, I think. And he's going to have a really good personality for the rest of the young guys on this team. Uh, It just seems like dudes really like playing with him. And 
you know, this rookie survey showed they respect his game. So I think that's really fun. I was also brushing up on a couple videos that have been happening since the draft. Basically, there's this thing where outlets keep asking these dudes about the 90s and then they kind of embarrass themselves because uh you know they were born either in the late 90s or the early 2000s kobe white was born february 16th 2000 so there was a segment during the draft of them asking all the players like oh you know here's a picture of nintendo do you know what this is here's a picture of destiny's child do you know what this is and the answers were absolutely hilarious because the kids were all born after that I also was watching a segment during Summer League when Kobe White was on the jump with Rachel Nichols and Vince Carter, and they were putting up, like, pictures of people from the 90s trying to give him a chance at redemption. They were throwing Pauly Shore at him and being like, do you know who this is? Kobe White's like, no, I don't know who this is. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, as as long as Kobe just uh, keeps the same vibe and the same energy he's got going on into this year, I think that he's... He's going to be really fun to root for and fun to watch for Bulls fans. Yeah, the one I saw, I think it was like, I think Bomani Jones retweeted this. It was something about, I think like, did it was certain Biggie lyrics. I can't remember the song, but like, obviously, Biggie is like before their time in terms of rappers. Right. And like, I, I feel like none of them like knew these words. And Bomani was just like, why, like, why are we asking these kids this? Like, obviously, they're not going to, I mean, some guys might, but like, most of these guys, that's, they're listening to, like, I'm not a huge rapper, but I mean, they listen to Drake, Kendrick. Lamar. I think there was another one they did was like one's got to go and it was like Drake Kendrick Lamar and I can't remember who was the third one. Uh, either way, but it's just yeah, just those videos are always kind of funny when they do that. And yeah, uh, yeah, just to wrap up here with the Kobe White rookie survey stuff. The other uh, the other categories that he got votes in was biggest steal, which is interesting because he was the number seven pick. He he was the highest pick to get uh, a vote. He got five percent of the vote here. Bull Bull, your guy. And Kevin Porter Jr. led the way in this in uh, that category. Uh, and then I said Kobe White was he was one of three top ten picks, I believe. Jackson Hayes and Cam Reddish also got votes in this category. Moving on, best defender. Uh, I feel like Kobe White's not really known as a great defender, so the fact that he got a vote in here was interesting. Uh, Matisse Tybel, I believe, and DeAndre Hunter were the leaders in that category. And then best playmaker, uh, John Moran, obvi- the big winner there. Obviously, that's an easy one to pick. And then Darius Garland. Uh, and then Kobe White and Ty Jerome both had 10%. Uh, I mean, I feel like that makes sense. Kobe White was the third point guard taken. He basically comes in third, tied with Ty Jerome behind John Morant, Darius Garland. So, yeah, like you said, uh, Kobe just seems like a really just a, just a just a joy, as you said, just having a lot of fun. You mentioned the ball pit. I used one of those picks for the image on the bloggable post. It was just funny and fun to look at. Uh, and and that, that, vi- that video that went, went viral on draft night when he was just kind of Talking about how much he loved to see Cam uh, Cam Johnson from North, his teammate in North Carolina get picked by the Suns. Even he was even shocked. Everyone was shocked the Suns uh, went that high with Cam, and he who was too. And that whole reaction was great. So yeah, Kobe White. Even like I said, he might struggle to start his career. I'm kind of expecting it. Seems like a really fun, easy guy to root for, and hopefully he uh, develops as the year goes on. Uh, mentioned talking about the Bulls and just being optimistic about them, uh, about them possibly making. Being, going for a playoff chase, whether Kobe White plays into that in a big way or not. Uh, we have some new projected win-loss uh, uh, analytics come out in, these, in this last week or so. We will start with the ESPN ones from Kevin Pelton. He uses RPM, uh, the real plus-minus stat. That's a stat I like to look at a lot for players, for teams over at ESPN. 
Uh, just a quick explanation. They use a multi-year predictive version of RPM. They adjust for typical player aging and kind of their player age curves, and then they use some other projecting systems there. Uh, and the Bulls come in at ninth in the Eastern Conference uh, with 39 wins just behind the Brooklyn Nets out of the playoffs. The Nets are at 41, so that's basically uh, a little less than two wins behind uh, their playoff chances at 49%. Uh, and the little blurb here for the Bulls is basically the distance of Otto Porter Jr., Tomas Sadaransky, and Thaddeus Young. Give the Bulls a lot more proven talent. Uh, it gets rid of a lot of their weak performers of the rotation, gets them out, assuming there aren't that many injuries. And I think that kind of makes sense. I feel like that's still a little maybe over what I'm thinking. I've been thinking 35 to 37, uh, but it's kind of around there. I feel like a lot of these projections have had that. And I met one of the other ones, 538, they just updated theirs as well. They had the Bulls, I think, last time in early August. It was either 36 or 37. Now it has them up at 38, 38 wins in, uh, with a 55% chance of making the playoffs, uh, basically tied with the Brooklyn Nets. It's interesting that they have the Nets at 38 wins, uh, not very uh, not very high in the Nets, which I think a lot of people are. So it basically has the Bulls, again, fighting for the eight seed with the Nets, uh, with the Pistons, kind of stuff like that. The, the ESPN rankings also has the Pistons at 30, basically 39.2 wins right behind the Bulls. And I think that's kind of where... A lot of people have been thinking like the, the Bulls will be kind of fighting with the Pistons, uh, maybe the Magic uh, teams, the Pacers maybe, depending on the, the Heat, how th- that goes. And clearly the Nets, we'll see how it works out for them. These numbers make sense, don't they? I think we've just kind of we've kind of been talking about this uh, all summer since these free agency moves. Yeah, man, this is the expectation this year is that the Bulls are going to win 40 games. There was also the Jacob Goldstein projection uh, that you guys talked about a little bit last week. That had the Bulls at 38.9 wins the ESPN Carmelo projection added him at a 55% chance of making the playoffs so i think it's good to have some internal pressure and i know that you know for me for this podcast and in what i write and what i tweet i am going to expect the bulls to make the playoffs because if they don't i think it's a huge indictment on boylan uh that was the one decision that has sort of been in line with the history of Paxson and Foreman decisions that the Bulls have made over, let's say, the last six to eight months. Because basically, since I wrote the Fire John Paxson article on Bloggable, which was in early December, uh, that was after the early days of Boylan's tenure, after the mutiny. Uh, since then, the Bulls have made some good decisions that are totally out of character. Uh, after that, the big move they made was trading for Otto Porter Jr., who I think is the best player on the team heading into this season. Being able to deal Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis for Otto Porter Jr. was just such a tremendous move. And if you remember, the last time the Bulls made a trade to actually improve the team was way back in 2009, uh, the year they ultimately played the Celtics in that epic first-round series with the rookie D. Rose and Ben Gordon. That's when they acquired Brad Miller and John Salmon. So uh, the fact that it took them that long to actually make a trade to improve the team, but Credit him for doing it. So I think that was, you know, the first thing that really changed uh, in terms of the Bulls doing something out of character and it being really good. Then look at free agency this year. They gave, I think, $28 million per year combined to Thad Young, Luke Cornett, and Thomas Sadaransky. Last year they gave $20 million to Jabari Parker. So Jabari Parker, was that signing was very much in line with how the Paxson Foreman regime has treated free agency over the last, I don't know, 10 years, mostly zeroing in on big names, guys who uh, put up huge point-per-game totals, who have scoring ability, but sort of contribute empty stats, don't 
you know, give you much else besides for scoring the ball. I think Dwayne Wade totally falls into that category. I think that Pau Gasol falls into that category. Then you had Jabari. I think that John Paxson probably didn't expect to, for the Bulls to be as shitty as they were last season. He had the easy crutch of injuries being the reason the team failed, uh, you know, to make any kind of improvement. They, they were actually worse, right? They won five less games than they did the year before. But, uh, you know, what you have to remember is that all these projections last year, these preseason projections, had the Bulls as one of the worst teams in the league. That's because while Paxson might have thought they improved the roster by signing a guy like Jabari Parker and thinking he was going to be their small forward of the future— they really didn't. All they did was do themselves a disservice. This year, this is the year they actually improved the team by getting a great third big in Thaddeus Young, who's going to be such a tremendous defensive compliment, especially to both Wendell Carter and Larry Markkinen, by getting Thomas Sadoransky a total steal to pluck him as a restricted free agent for three years, $30 million. I thought there was no chance you could get Sadoransky for that type of a deal as an RFA. Washington, obviously, they didn't even have a GM uh, when free agency began. That might be the one front office that's more discombobulated than the Bulls, but credit the Bulls for identifying the Wizards as, you know, a potentially questionable team uh, and being able to, to steal some good players. So, uh, I'm pretty optimistic right now. Obviously, the boiling thing hangs over everything. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Harry's. If shaving is a terrible experience for you, we've got you covered at Blue Wire. Our podcast network is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, in a travel blade cover you get all of that for just three dollars shipped right to your door enough with the low quality razors from convenience stores it's totally worth trying harry's sign up today harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned so harry's bought a world-class blade factory in germany that's been making quality blades for 95 years join the 10 million who've tried harry's claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash blue wire all of harry's blades come with a 100 quality guarantee if you don't love your shave let them know and they'll give you a full refund again make sure you go to harrys.com slash blue wire to redeem your razor for just three dollars guys are terrible at taking care of their health whether it's a knee injury bad back or something worse guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman has created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. But getting started is very simple. So just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire so you can complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can then prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door, and that's with free two-day shipping, which is great. So guys, please, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle for sure, but it's really important to get it checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. So just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. 
getroman.com slash bluewire. Okay, so back to what we were talking about before with some of these win projections. I'm curious of your opinion on this, Jason. Like, I actually do have some trust in the Bulls to make good decisions right now because they've done it for a period of, you know, eight months at this point, starting with the Porter trade through free agency. Uh, Obviously, I think there's a huge amount of pressure on Jim Boylan, and people like me and you and all the fans should be putting it on Jim Boylan. Like, I was so critical of Boylan at the start of his tenure. (laughs) I want him to prove me wrong. I do think that his personality is a little bit endearing. I think that maybe some of you know, the drill sergeant tendencies we saw during that first week or two might not be the real Boylan. He does seem to really care about his players. He's always praising them in the media. Obviously, his vocabulary is totally ridiculous. Uh, And he's going to talk like that, and it'll be fun for us to kind of mock a little bit. But it does seem like he he really cares about the players, which is something I thought of Thibodeau, too. And Thibodeau had a reputation as such a drill sergeant. You never heard Thibodeau badmouth the player. Very similar to Jim Boylan. This isn't like Jim Beheim, who's like ripping his own <laughs> yeah. kids in the press for thinking about turning pro. Like Boylan actually has the player's best interest at heart, I believe, at least after, you know, he stopped making him do suicides and push-ups. Uh, Jason, do you think that, you know, the Bulls' decision-making is trustworthy now? Or do you uh, think that we're, you know, a little too optimistic with that line of reasoning given the last 10 years? I would say I don't want to jump too far ahead. Like, I, I think I think having the optimism is fine. Can I say I totally trust them to like build an legitimate title contender right now? I cannot say that. No. Uh they made some nice moves. I mean I guess we've seen them we've seen them make moves in the past where they've built solid teams. And obviously they did kind of they were basically a title contender when Derrick Rose blew up into into an MVP. Uh, that was obviously kind of lucky, getting that number one pick. They would have probably been in basketball hell if that didn't happen, if they would have gotten like 7th or 8th in 2008, and who knows what would have happened from there. Getting Rose was a godsend for them. Uh, they'd probably be gone if they didn't, if Derrick Rose didn't fall into their lap when they won the lottery that year. So they still have a lot to prove that they can turn a, whatever, a plucky, fun, young team, which they could be this season, into a team that can actually contend and then also sustain that type of contention so i'm not going to come out here and say that you know like garpax they're safe now for sure like they still have to come out and win i mean we'll, we'll see how they do because like if they if they fall flat this year i'm going to come out again and say that that they that they probably need uh a change uh even the, even if we're talking about that these moves come out good if, if Boylan fails, i mean especially if Boylan fails, you talk about how they're just setting up for a lot of pressure on Boylan, and if Boylan is screwing up again if the if they don't buy into a system and he struggles to instill or instill a system and they they just can't play well and if, and if they struggle in part because of him it's obviously not all on the coaching it will be on the players as well but it's going to be big for Boylan because they've obviously put a lot into him they they Jim or John Paxson has been totally behind him he was totally behind him when he started he stayed behind him through all the hot mess that last season was so I mean if Boylan fails that really should be it for this front office and we've been saying that forever like. After each failure, this should be it for them. So, yeah, I mean, I think they need to take a step forward. Like, I, I'm yeah. curious, like, what, uh, like, what would, I mean, what would you consider like a failure this for this season to be? I would think like 33 wins would be a failure. You know, like if they don't even flirt with the playoffs, if they're like 10 or 11, I also think that them getting hurt a lot would constitute a failure because. 
we heard Paxson in the end of season press conference get on his yep. podium and be like, you know, we have everything for these players to stay healthy in our building. Well, what happened? Wendell Carter Jr. is working out in your building and he gets injured. He injures his ad- abdominal muscle, needs to have surgery on it. So he's already out. So the Bulls need to stay healthy this year. Uh, I think, again, it's going to put their culture under a microscope. I don't think that Paxson and Foreman are actually in danger of losing their jobs because Ryan Sarf doesn't really give a shit. They're not held accountable. We all know that at this point. But I do think that some of the incessant media criticism and criticism from the fan base who are buying Fire Garpax billboards, who are hosting a Fire Garpax night, I think that some of that stuff maybe did make Paxson, Michael Reinsdorf, Gar a little more open to just, like, not doing things the same way they've always done them, right? Like, they definitely, like, signing Sadoransky and, uh, and Thad Young were just, like, not typical Paxson Foreman moves. So that's why I have a little bit of optimism. Injuries could totally derail it. Boylan being terrible could derail it. Uh, but seeing preseason win projections that have the Bulls winning – 40 games after they won 22 games last year, man, I'm excited. And I think that, you know, Bulls fans deserve to be excited. We deserve to be excited uh, because they're actually making right moves now. And I'm sure there'll be people who throw this in our face and in other critics' faces and say, oh, you know, you just had to give the young guys a little more time to mature. No, the Bulls were projected to be terrible the last couple of years because they were making terrible moves this year. They totally changed their line of thinking, made moves that were totally outside the realm of the PAX Informant administration, and now they're projected to be good because they are better. Yeah, and to your point about uh, this, like them kind of knowing, I'm I'm sure they've hear they hear all the noise. Uh, Stefan noted that whole article at the Athletic with Michael Reinsdorf acknowledging like all the like m- messages and like emails or whatever that he gets from fans who are pissed. I mean, they know how pissed how mad fans are with how garbage that they've basically been for the last whatever, few years since Tibbs, since Tibbs was gone. It's basically just been a total shit show. So I think they definitely do hear it. They are feeling some pressure here, and I think it is also just kind of nice to have this pressure of, like, more expectations because then, like, if they if they fall short, we'll know it. Like, if they completely flop, and if there are, and you mentioned the injury thing, like, if, if the young guys get injured again, well, that's, like, a problem. Like, these guys, like, if Lowry gets hurt again, like, well, that'll be, like, three straight years of him getting hurt. If, like, Zach misses time, like, well, he's had injury problems as well, then that, that might spur on bigger changes about with this young core. Uh, so that's, yeah, I mean, this year really is huge. Like, this could be, like, a, I don't want to say make or break, because they are still have a lot of young guys. But, like, for this core, it might be a make or break here, because if they don't make any, if they, like, barely get any better and they're, like, really bad again, like, I really don't know how you can, like, then go ahead again the next year with, like, some of these same core players. But if they do move forward... Then I mean that's obviously a great sign, and if they their team that flirts with the playoffs or maybe even gets in, uh, then that's a great sign for possibly then moving ahead again the next year, maybe taking it a bigger step, and then maybe you're in a position to maybe get a superstar in the next couple of years. So yeah, I, like I said, I don't want to go full blown like this is make or break for the Bulls this year, but it's it's a huge year. Yeah, absolutely, especially because you know sort of their plan is to you know, not do anything next year in free agency because they're not going to have any cap space. But uh, the summer after that in 2021 to make a big splash in free agency, that only happens if the young core continues to improve into gel. I really think Carter is going to be in for a big season. I think Markinen should be in for a good year. He's got some pressure on him, but he's a talented player. There's no doubt he can score the ball. 
Uh, he's got some flaws in his game in terms of being able to create for teammates, being able to defend and rebound, but he can definitely score. He's a high-level shooter at seven feet tall. He can have a positive impact on team performance. I actually like Levine quite a bit if he were in a secondary role, but having him be the lead decision maker is kind of where this falls apart. I would like to see the Bulls put the ball in Wendell Carter Jr.'s hands more as a passer and as a decision maker. I think that he makes really quick decisions. He's a really smart player. He's a better passer than the Bulls allowed him to be last year when Boylan was just running him to you know, post up after post up, which is basically the worst way to utilize his talent. He's got to be more of a face up big, more of a decision maker this year. And I'm really interested to see what Sadoransky does. We know Sadoransky, sort of like the book on him, is that he is so calculated as a decision maker that it's almost it almost comes at a cost, right? Like he's a good player, but he's not aggressive. People who watched him in Washington consistently thought that you know this guy could be scoring more or making a bigger impact offensively if he was a little more aggressive. Instead, he's a very measured player. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see just how the Bulls run the offense this year, who's the primary decision maker, how they use Wendell. Is Boylan still going to post him up? Is he you know, going to let him be a face-up big a little more? Is Levine going to be running a lot of the pick-and-rolls? What happens with Chris Dunn? Uh, there's still a lot of questions, no doubt, but you know, for the first time in a while, I actually have some optimism in the Bulls' front office and... Uh, you know, in this team in general. Yeah, we've been saying it all summer that it's hopefully they've started to turn a corner, arrow point in the right direction. Uh, We still got a bit of summer left. Like our training camp probably opens, what, end of September, beginning of October, and the season starts a a week later than it did last year. They'd been moving it up for a while. Now it's back to like October, I think it was the 23rd, something like that. Uh, So we still got a couple months till the season actually starts. Uh, so we're just going to try to ride this optimism until it starts, and then hopefully they can keep it going with that. They get off to a hot start. Uh, like I said, I don't know how much you dove into the schedule, but uh, they they have the opportunity to get off to a really nice start. They got a nice little soft schedule to start the season, so hopefully we can keep riding this optimism through training camp, through preseason, and into the start of the season. Maybe we'll, we'll have a springboard into, into a fun season, because we've been waiting for an actually fun bowl season for a long time now. I feel like I've mentioned this multiple times. Like I feel like there hasn't been like a fun bowl season since like Joakim Noah's MVP type campaign in 2013, 2014. Because the year after that was tw- the year after that they were good, but uh, was still all the Tibbs drama. And then after that, Hoiberg's first year was awful, and then three alphas, and then the last couple of years just just hasn't really been that fun. Like it's just been kind of a chore to watch the Bulls. So we're just really hoping that this year will be different for the first time in like half a decade. All right, I think that wraps it up, yeah. I think it does, yeah. Uh, great to have you back, Ricky. As always, shout out to Blue Wire Pods. Shout out to MyBookie. Again, please go check out MyBookie.com and use code promo BlueWire. Uh, and thanks to all our, other, all, all our other sponsors out there. Go follow all the other Blue Wire podcasts across the network. We're, we're growing. We're, we're do, working really hard here. We got new podcasts coming in basically every week, bunch of sports, bunch of, di- bunch of different stuff. So please check out Blue Wire BlueWire.com, at BlueWirePods on Twitter. We're doing a lot of stuff on Twitter now as well. For our podcast, Cash Considerations, please go write and review us wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all that fun stuff. Uh, so for this week, it's been Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. Jason, Ricky, take it easy, my man. We'll talk to you guys next week.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.